Hello, April Rose speaking listeners. I want to thank you for spending your time with me. I know I've been away for quite some time. I've definitely been through a lot of transitions, different things happening, as well as I feel you have too. So I guess we both have grown on each side. But again, I do want to thank you for tuning in today. Please make sure that you follow me on Instagram at April World Speaking, Facebook at April World Speaking, LinkedIn at April World Speaking. I think you get the hint. It's April World Speaking. Thank you for your time and uh, hold on tight. The next episode is coming right now. Hey, Roses, I'm back. I would say better than ever, but at the moment, I'm not. I was debating if I wanted to come on this podcast today and speak about um, some of the things that I've been through recently. Honestly, I've been going through it for the last couple of years, but it has come to a head August 17th of 2022. This episode that you're listening to today will be about death. And I am dedicating this episode to my father, Albert James Charlton. So everyone that I know um, does not look forward to the day that they have to deal with death so closely to them. I mean, I'm a mother, I'm a a daughter, you know, I'm a sister. And all of those things on top of the death of my father is just definitely coming to a head right now. And the reason that I'm recording this is because Pretty much how I introduced myself to you guys going through something that was traumatic. I guess I have to reintroduce myself again. Going through something that's traumatic. And I do want to thank everyone who's reached out to me and uh, left kind words on my social media pages. Um, Called me. Sent flowers to the funeral. Comforted me. My kids kind of seeing me at a sad point in my life and and me still struggling through, but still telling me that they love me and stopping me in the hallway to give me hugs. So my dad, since I moved down to New Orleans, not very long after uh, I got here. He was diagnosed with cancer. I probably spent mm, about a year down here. Um, a year and some months down here. My dad uh, was not diagnosed, but I think I knew that he was sick. I think I knew he was sick. He had been complaining about his throat hurting um, when I was still in Indiana. And initially when I heard it, I thought maybe it was an earache. Um, 
you know, something like that. But he just kept complaining about it and saying it hurt it really, really bad. And as I was going through my journey here in New Orleans, <coughs> his sister, Sherry, finally told him, look, you need to go and figure out what's going on with the doctor. So, you know, I was down here and I was staying tapped into my siblings up north and um, there was some back and forth with a doctor and I, w I got really upset when I heard what this doctor said because she really didn't have um, like any proof. I think she listened to what my dad said and she looked at my dad and based on what he was telling her, she basically said, I think you have cancer. And I was so upset. How dare somebody tell my father that he has cancer without the proper protocol, without, without it in black and white? Like, how did that make my dad feel going home thinking he had cancer when we don't even know the proof that he has cancer? And uh, I, I immediately went into into April mold, uh, protector mold, the oldest daughter mold. Even though I'm not my dad's oldest daughter, I have a, another sister um, before my parents were married. But inside the house, I was that had I, w I was the oldest child, and I called the the main doctor at this at this office, and I said, hey. You know, my dad recently had an appointment and one of your doctors on call basically told my father he had cancer without any proof. And I really don't think that that was appropriate. And she said, you know, she's one of my best doctors and she has really good bedside manners. I'm really sorry that you feel this way and I will have a talk with her. Well, long story short, my dad had cancer. And it, it for me, it was a blow a little bit. Um because I knew I was kind of like far away and I was trying to readjust and transition into this life. And it kind of came to a screeching halt and not to mention, uh, my parents, they, they've been married for 43 years. They made it to 43 years. And when they knew that I moved down here and I was going through my transition in life to get away from my bad marriage and to start over, they made a journey down here. They literally took a bus. I drove 12 hours to get to New Orleans. Can you imagine taking a bus to come and see my neighborhood, if I was safe, who were my friends? My mom and dad took that journey down here together. And he got to meet my friend Sherelle, who was one of my first friends that I met in New Orleans. And unfortunately... Before my dad passed, um, he, her and her boyfriend was dating, but they had gotten married while my dad was in a journey of cancer and her husband died of COVID. And him and my dad, while he was down here, they kind of like got a good vibe with each other. And it was really hard for me to tell him <clears throat> that Sherelle's husband had died of COVID and here my dad was sick with cancer. So moving on in the story, my dad, 
as I've been down here, my, my siblings, they, they, they took on the role of caretaker and they took my dad back and forth to his doctor's appointments. I'm so grateful to them, Ashley, Bryson, Wynicki, my older sister. So, so, so grateful for them. I swear to Jehovah, I'm so grateful for my siblings. We have our hard moments as siblings in this. Who who who's the who has this responsibility, that responsibility? But I have to tell you, we came together like a well-oiled machine in this process as my dad was sick. <coughs> my older sister is super meticulous with notes. My sister Ashling, she's super great with bedside manner. She has, you know, she was a CNA and she kind of been through this before, so she she fit right in. My brother Bryson took on that only son mode and really it would encourage my dad to kind of come out outside the house, you know, come live every day, life day by day and not look to the future once he kind of figured out my dad wasn't going to get better. And we had hope because it started in his throat and he, he immediately, you know, had surgery. They took the cancer out. He got a trach and we, you know, were optimistic thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, we got it out. He's going to get better. But my dad is in his 60s. And he wasn't too kind to his body as he aged. I'll just leave it at that. Super healthy in his 20s. <clears throat> so thinking about it, always hindsight, it's 2020. I always go back and forth and say, man, I wish we would have did chemo or I wish we, you know, would have did a different route because uh, he could have ate, you know, he had to try to learn how to swallow. That was too rough on him. And he literally, until he passed away, had to eat from a G tube um, because it was so hard for him to swallow. And it was just downhill from there. And it spread. Now I'm a caveat here because I did meet a friend down here, um, another friend's, and, uh, you know, he introduced me to his family and his family literally became my family down here. And his mother invited us over for Thanksgiving because she knew I was far away from home. And I would sit there and watch her cook. And I love dressing. I love Southern dressing. My grandmother makes the best. And I'm probably the next one in line because <laughs> I figured the recipe out. But my friend's mom had cancer during this journey, too, and she fought it. She had chemo. Um, she lost all of her hair. And my friend, he couldn't really see that with his mom with her hair that way, but she fought it so well to the point she got off of chemo. And uh, the caveat is she died a week before my father, <sighs> which is a double whammy. She was supposed to show me how to make gumbo, gumbo down here. But anyways, I don't think that I'm doing well at this moment. But I know just like anything else, I'm going to get through it. 
gonna get through it just like anything else you know nobody wants their parents to die especially a parent that loved you and battled their own things in life but still on top of it would tell you that they loved you and just all the things my dad said to me you know and my mom I'm kind of mad at her right now because she you know would take his phone and she would leave a voicemail and say hi this is Al Charlton's phone leave a message but for me while my dad was going through cancer you know sometimes the only mode for me was for me to call my dad and maybe when he wasn't tired he would pick up and just listen to me talk and I just wanted to call his phone and hear his voice so I'm trying to remember what his voice sounds like you know like I still hear it but oh well I got pictures. I got memories. And I think I don't like using the word luck, but my brain is at a energy level that's super low. So I pretty much lucked out having two loving parents. It was a rough journey, man. But my dad struggled to the end. My dad did not want to die when they told him that there was nothing else that they could do for him. He said, why? Like, there's nothing else you can do? So the last six months was like a struggle. And the last time I saw my dad was Father's Day this year. I made sure to make an effort to get up there because I kind of knew it was coming to an end. And... It was one of the most spiritual times in my life up until now. Besides having my kids. My brother had to leave like we all was going to meet with the kids and my dad and he was so excited about going fishing and stuff and he laid his clothes out the night before and so uh, my brother had to leave to go take his wife somewhere and I was kind of nervous because being out there out with my dad you know outside of a, a medical facility I was out there by myself so I felt a little vulnerable but I tried to take that moment in and I knew that it would be around the last time that I would spend with my dad by himself and he was just trying to put the worm on the hook and I'm always fascinated like with guys that I date or the men that I've married like at hands and my dad has like the best hands and he was trying to hook the worm onto the hook and it just or the the thread inside of the hook he was trying to thread it for to fish not the worm and I just noticed it was shaking and that was making me nervous 
And then he asked me to do it. And I like had the longest nails that I've ever worn in my entire life. Like I don't even wear long nails. But for some reason on this particular day, I had the longest acrylic nails. Stupid fashion trend of 2022. And I had to have these long acrylic nails. <laughs> and I, he kind of got irritated because I couldn't, uh, you know, loop it. But either way. We still sat there. I said, Dad, I can't do it. I'm sorry. We kind of sat there waiting for my brother to come back. And he still was fiddling with the thread. And <laughs> he kept looking up at the water. And it was like a really beautiful day in Fort Wayne. And you could see the reflections of the trees. The sky was the bluest. The water was sparkly. And he was just pointing. And I would look at where he was pointing. It was nothing. It was nothing that I could see other than the trees and the water and the blue sky. But he saw something. He saw something. I don't know what it is. I hope whatever it was, it comforted him. I don't know if it was his dad who would go fishing with him all the time that came. Tell him that it might be okay. I don't know. I don't know. But what calms me is we knew it was getting close to the end. A couple of weekends in a row, the nurses was calling and alerting me and my siblings that he would probably pass. And the weekend before, we all like went into this spiral like, oh man, it's about to happen. It's about to happen. And he pushed through because for some reason, my dad has this uncanny will to live and he pushed through that weekend. We were like, oh, he made it, you know? Well, the next weekend, they said it again. And they told my aunt, look, his blood pressure is dropping. We're going to start giving him morphine for his pain. My dad's cancer went from throat to his liver, which was uncurable, to his lungs. And that's pretty much how the doctors knew he would pass was through the lung cancer and so his bronchial tube or something in his chest to bring the air to his lungs they were giving him morphine to relax all of that so that he could pass in peace and for a while <clears throat> when I would call my dad's phone he wouldn't answer and when he did answer, somebody was there to answer the phone so I could talk to him. But the day before he passed, he picked it up himself. I hate crying. Like, I hate it. And I just cried because I was surprised that I could just hear this light breathing. And I just cried. I said, Dad, you're the best dad in the whole world. Dad, I love you so much. You're the best dad in the whole wide world. I love you. And I'm going to be strong. And I'm down here with my kids. You know it. I love you, Dad. I love you so much. And I just cried. I just let him hear me cry. And the next day, my sister went up there. She had a hard time because she knew it was coming. 
and my brother has kids and he has this job and he only has so much time on FMLA and we heard this last week that my dad was going to pass so he said I'm gonna go up there and take a look at him and then I'll decide if I can take some time off of work and <sighs> sorry guys I wiped my nose so you can hear me clearly on this part because it's the best part. It's what got me through it. So with that weekend and we're hearing that he was going to pass, I literally slept not a drop, not a drop. And it just so happened that the day before my dad passed, my daughter decided she wanted to go back to Fort Wayne. It was bittersweet, but she made the decision. I was sad. So not only am I dealing with my dad, my daughter went back to Fort Wayne. And she got up there and she sat with my sister. And my sister knew it was the last time. And my daughter kept saying, Ashley, it's okay. It's okay. You know Jehovah's going to bring him back. You know Jehovah's going to bring him back in paradise. Why are you crying this hard? Now, this is my 19, 20-year-old daughter. This is her grandfather she's talking about and talking to my sister. So my sister knew. And she just kind of was like, I'm not coming back up here after this. She was just exhausted just from everything in the last two years. And so... When my brother went up there, he decided that he was going to take the time off. And what he was going to do was make sure everything is normal. And me and his wife really don't have the best relationship. Um, I'm detached. I'm, I'm in New Orleans, so I really don't know his wife. But I'm very thankful for this moment from Brianna. But she said, Bryson, the last thing to go when someone passed, remember, is the hearing. And my brother went just like he normally do any other day as my dad he knew was suffering and having a hard time breathing but he just talked to him say hey dad you know you just a cool dad I just want you to know that and what movie you want to watch because that's what they did when he went to visit my dad and they looking at movies and my brother knew that he had caught my dad a couple times not paying attention to the movie he's looking at his son so as my brother's talking and he says the last couple of times he had to look away like he's looking outside the window to wipe his tears away. But my brother said he kind of just stood up and was talking and just kept talking. And he said, you know, I'm just going to keep talking and tell him how good and, you know, how I want to be just like him. And he just, uh, he just kept saying, Dad, you, Dad. And my brother said, I know it's a God. Because I just saw the life leave out of him. And his chest stopped rising. And a tear came out of his eye. I know my dad didn't want to go. I know he didn't want to go. His body gave up. So for me, I hadn't slept for days, probably 24 hours. 
so when my daughter was up there and my sister was there, my daughter picked the phone up. And I said, tell dad I love him. And she said, oh, he can't hear you. And she put me on speaker. And I said, I loved him again. And she said he nodded. I don't know if that's true or not. But with her telling me he nodded, I kept hearing that my dad kind of was not responding. And I'm like, well, he nodded. Maybe we're going to get through this weekend. And I was laying on my bed and I looked out and the sun was up. And when she told me he nodded, I had my computer in front of me doing some work and I took my glasses off and I went to sleep. And the next thing I knew, my daughter Jayla bust in my room crying at about 9.50 at night. And it was completely dark in my room. And she said he passed. And I had missed calls because I had my phone on silent. I had missed calls from my brother. I had missed calls from my cousin, Mark, because news had traveled to Atlanta. My cousin was checking to see if I was okay. And, uh, yeah, I slept through my dad's passing, and I kind of was upset. I wanted to be up. I wanted to hear. I wanted to be alert. But my brother said it was such a peaceful transition. And me being so stressed, and when I felt that he nodded, I was at peace. So I'm dealing with this the best way that I can. I've never had a parent pass. Never experienced these things, just like I never experienced being a mom. I never experienced being a wife. I've never experienced this, but I'm experiencing this now and I have to tell you I'm gonna get through it that's all I could tell you in the moment I will get through this just like everything else and if you're going through something a bad marriage a job you're thinking about quitting a decision I've always said this in my podcast that you're on the fence on. Make that decision because father time is ticking. So I just wanted to reach out to you guys. If I haven't reached out to you, I apologize. But I am a person that kind of shuts down a little bit to process emotions. It's not that I love you any less. I'll be back. I love you, roses, always and forever. Until next time, just say a little prayer for me. Bye.